Razor House Podcast. Brandon Bailey here. Yeah, Mike Rathke. It is like clicking like a railroad track, just yeah. going down like boom, doo-doo, doo-doo, yeah. Doo-doo, and and now and now we've done enough of them that it's like each each time we're getting ready to release one, there's like this like oh man, this is we're getting ready to, we're getting ready to push. Another I think one everything out. changed this morning when you woke up knowing you were going to have an interview today. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it, it was like it was total just fun and chaos in here. Yeah. No, well, we got a really cool one today. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. excited. Yeah, I'm, me too. We, we had talked last time you know, when we interviewed Eric Marshall, which I think is this Friday now. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you got to subscribe. Yeah. So if you haven't gone out there, everybody, and checked it out, please, you know, listen to the previous episodes. But make sure you subscribe. Yeah. You know, you got you got to know that's coming because if you're driving down the road, like you said on Friday, you're like, oh, well, here comes the, the next ding. podcast. You get, that, know. you get that ding, and it's like, oh man, I got something. I got something to work on. Yeah, so exactly. Well, yeah. when we talked to Eric Marshall, you said there's two guys that you had learned a lot from. Yeah. Uh, they are the worship leaders of worship leaders. Yeah. And that's, for, for a lot of our audience listening, they're probably going, well, what does that even right. mean? Right. You yeah. know, you want to throw a little yeah. lead behind like, that? They're just, they're just people that, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of worship leaders or worship musicians, however you want to say it, but there's, there are those that you come across that their passion is to not only to, to lead worship and, and direct people into the presence of God, but their, their big passion is to help other people have the right perspective of what worship even is and train worship leaders to, to, to do that. And, um, the guy we're going to sp- speak with today is, he's probably in my mind, one of the best at it. he's, he's, he's one of my personal heroes and his name's uh, Zach Neese. And, um, he's written a lot of great songs. Uh, the more I seek you alabaster jar. Yep. I mean, we got a long list of songs we could go through, but, um, and, and that's just one of the things he does. He's a, he wears a lot of hats, and he does it with humility, and um, it's great to have him on today. It really is. And when I was going through this, I kind of just started like, yeah, you know, I, I was a little behind with some of the work that we had, and I, I was getting into this late last night and then the earliest morning, and I kind of was just like leading into this going, okay, accomplishing this, father, husband, author, worship leader songwriter, yeah. singer, and you just keep going. And it's like, okay, the metronome's yeah. not going to stop, is it? We're just going to write a song there, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then I've now named him Zach Extraordinaire Needs. Yeah. So can we can we welcome Mr. Extraordinaire? <laughs> Guys, I have no idea how I'm supposed to live up to your intro. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> well, hey, it starts with welcome to the Praiser House, man. Oh, thank you, guys. Good to be in the Praiser House. Good to be with both of you. And welcome to the Nice House. That's yeah. where I am right now. Yes, yeah. very nice. So how is that weather in Fort Worth, Texas? Oh, it's beautiful today, actually. We're in the 60s, it looks like. Oh, nice. And sunny. So I'm going to have to get outside at some point when I get done with everything else. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you. And so is our audience. I, I think when they start to see the, the trailer drop, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, we're going to have a little on. Zach Neese time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got, dude, this is going to be exciting. When we... I mean, you and I and Mike, between the excitement we had just going through this, it could be probably, I don't know, 10 parts. So just get ready. I don't know if you got any meetings this today or <laughs> Yeah, we can cancel, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, this, this came up in conversation. I like to get right into it. And th- look, there is this amazing story that has taken place from, from your life, you know, that we find on paper. Right. It's one thing to, to read something and see this career, a resume unfold or what have you. But I want to know the Zach Neese musician before huh. Zach Neese really got into it. I mean, I know we're going to talk a little bit later about uh, an incident in Brownsville that Mike uncovered about you, which yeah. was pretty cool. Um, mm. You probably know what that <laughs> might be. Um, but we wanted to know about your background in music before you got into worship. Like, how, did, did the guitar land in the crib? You know, we want to oh, kind of no, understand man, that. No. So I was a band kid. Uh, I, I didn't do it all the time. I didn't do it in high school, but I did it when I was in junior high. And then when I got into high school, I realized I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not athletic enough and I'm not good looking enough to uh, attract women. So what I need <laughs> is a guitar. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I picked up the guitar. I was hanging around with a really eclectic crowd. So I learned how to play heavy metal. I was, I was into heavy metal, uh, which depending on your background, you may or may not call that a music background, but that's what I was doing. And when I got saved in college, um, I didn't know how to play anything on my instrument except for heavy metal and it just all felt tainted. So I put my, 
my guitar, my electric guitar down. I picked up the acoustic guitar and I just sit in my room and I didn't know very much about worship. I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. All I knew is I'd sit in my room and start playing music and talking to God. And sometimes I would sing and sometimes I'd just talk and, and it was like, God would show up in my room. So it was just me and my instrument wow. and Jesus for a long time until I got invited to lead worship for this group of young adults, you know, college and career folks that I was hanging out with. And I didn't want to do it. I didn't know any of their songs. You know, I, I got in the room with them and I made everyone turn their chairs around and face the back wall. So they weren't <laughs> looking at me, you know, wow. I broke, I broke my first string. And I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever done. I broke my second string. And I was like, I'm never doing this again. No one's singing the songs the same way I was. I thought this is the most, uh, my guitar's out of tune. Everything's just going wrong. And at the end, people started coming up and going, man, that was amazing. The spirit of God was, was so in the room. And could you come back and do that again sometime? And I figured, well, if your standards are that low, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like lower the expectations. <laughs> right, right, right. So that's how I started leading worship. Wow. What, so what year was that? Do you think, do you remember what that oh, was? Oh my gosh. That was probably 95. No kidding. Wow. I think Woot, early 96. The old joke there would be like, I think that's when Woot There It Is came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. Not that I would have ever listened to that stuff. <laughs> no shame in those guys. That's cool, though, man. I I, 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 uh, I identify with that like because I was a big metalhead back in the day, too. And like when I got saved and, and started, I, I would sit in my room and I'd write these songs that I didn't know what they were. I didn't know they were worship songs. I didn't even know what a worship song was. I, I wasn't really raised in church, but like when I got plugged into a church and like people would say, well, Hey, could you, could you sing this song on, on Sunday? You know, I'm like, okay. You know, and then I got onto the worship team and I had to like relearn guitar. Cause like all yeah. I knew how to do was play metal. Like I, I didn't even know what a G chord is, but I'm like, okay, let's, you know, but man, that's like that. It's just, did you find that as that experience of, of entering to worship and as far as ministry goes, like that there was that kind of a refining process as you went along in that. In oh that. yeah. I mean, first of all, there's a difference between being a performing musician and being a pastoring musician. Yeah. Right. So if, if I'm playing for, um, for the pleasure of an audience and the audience is a bunch of people who like heavy metal, that's just all I have to know how to do. If I'm, playing in order to help people connect with God, that's a different circumstance altogether. And becoming a worship pastor, suddenly I have to not just know how to play my instrument, I have to know how to speak all of the other instruments. Yeah. I have to learn how to lead all of those instruments. And for me, that was a musical journey because mm -hmm. I was like you. I'm playing I'm playing power chords and now I'm talking to classical pianists, you know, right. trying to tell them how to produce these songs and how to map them out and where to play and where not to and, and how to connect with the presence of God and all that stuff, you know. So, yeah. yeah, it was a huge learning curve. And at the time, there are no resources, you know. Yeah. Yeah, right. And so yeah. that's when I started writing resources. I, I realized there's there's no training out here for any of this stuff. So yeah, yeah. it was all that taking place in the great state of Texas. No, my, at the time uh, I'd moved up to Pennsylvania to go get myself a wife, uh, <laughs> Jennifer. I'm married to now with our six kids. You know, yeah. and uh, and my first worshiping gig, you know, my first church that I pastored was in the hills in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Man. Yep, oh. middle of nowhere. Okay. Awesome place. Yeah. Man. What town? What was it near? Um, it's called uh, New Buena Vista, New Pennsylvania, okay. which was uh, near nothing. It's it's near. <laughs> 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 well, if you take if you take a left at the Buffalo Farm, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know, Mike, Mike, and I are both from a small town, so we appreciate that. But we always joke. It's like, where are you from, Mike? Oh, Emporia. You know, the town you pass through to get to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I totally do. Right. Well, I think that's cool, and that is one of the things that's I think you know talk about God first. He gets all the glory, right? And then yeah. we go right to family and what a blessing uh, that you have had from God above uh, and having Jen as your wife. And I don't know you guys well personally, um, but to have a wife and six wonderful, beautiful children, um, man, that's, that's a blessing. You want to want to bring them into it? Cause I know that's a special place in your heart when I look on your Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, I, I feel like, I feel like God wants us to minister to our household before we minister to his household. Mm. In fact, I, I think he, he entrusts us with a, uh, our brides before he um, entrusts us with his, right? 
And so, I mean, the, the marriage relationship, the relationship in the, in the family, the household is always challenging. It's always difficult, but this is turning us into men and women of character, you know, mm, yeah. learning how to pastor our concentric circles, starting with the center. So to me, this is my first church. This is, uh, these are my most important relationships, Jennifer and my kids. And, uh, even those I don't do as well as I would like to do, but, um, this is our growth in pastoring. How can I pastor a congregation in the presence of God if I can't even lead my own kids? You know. Yeah. Well, well said, man. So I got to know one thing for sure. Who won the gingerbread miniature house contest? Because that oh. was epic. <laughs> yeah, Cheris. Cheris. Cheris won it. And okay. I, oh, wait, no, no, no. I think it was Judah. I think it was Judah that won. I think hers was the cleanest. Cheris just went around and ate everyone else's decorations. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, I was, I was like. Tr- here I am trolling, you know, these comments and it's like, oh, team Maggie, team Maggie. I was like, I think Maggie's going to win. Maggie and Jew. And <laughs> I was like, Maggie and Judah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is great. Well, that's cool, man. So how did, tell, you got to tell us. So you, you meet Jen, right? This is, you go up to Pennsylvania, you're worshiping, you meet Jen, you, you fall madly in love, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. And then the rest is history. I mean, you go back to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so I, I used to walk around in the hills and there's nothing uh, there's nothing around that church but cow pastures uh you know there's a there's a there's a dairy farm down the way and i'd walk around i'd literally walk in cow pastures and pray for the nations and wow. pray for the for the for the revival of america and, and pray for the churches of the area that the presence of god uh would fill the churches and and uh and so I, it was like i was interceding for the world from this itty bitty place i started in this church with 150 people and i like to joke about it but it's not very nice it's 150 people and they are 150 years old <laughs> so, <laughs> and and that's a great place to start pastoring you know yeah um a, a small field and it was so frustrating because I had all these delusions of grandeur and all these dreams of who I wanted to be. And we grow up in this in this culture of uh, uh, of kind of platform worship, you know, and uh, God has spent 20 years working all that junk out of me wow. so that I would just be satisfied serving his heart, his desire, his pleasure, his people, his kingdom, his throne, right? And it, still, every now and then that stuff rises up. But it was back there in that cow field that God started working out that inner rock star in me, hmm. right? Yeah. Because the rock star wants to be enthroned. And what, what whatever you minister to is what's going to be enthroned in your heart. If I'm ministering to my fame, that's what's going to be enthroned in my heart. If I'm ministering to God, that's what's going to be enthroned in my heart. And, and so there was a, a switch that needed to happen. In mine, yeah, man. Zach, that can that can have ripples to every person that needs to hear the word of God, yeah, and to know that it's about Him and it's not about them. I have struggled that my entire life. I think you everybody know. does. Oh, everyone does. Yeah. you know, here I am thinking, you know, a list celebrity, you know, artist management, flying yeah, around, yeah, and you said right yeah. there, enthroning my heart, yeah, not the yeah. heart of God, and I yeah. finally said. Lord, whatever your will is, I'm accepting. What you just yeah, said, man. Zach, that that that's it. Podcast is over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good being with you guys. <laughs> well, see you later. No, I mean, but for real, like th- yeah. that message, that's why we're doing this podcast, brother. Yeah. That's I, right, that I right feel, there. I feel like there's um Okay, I'm just going to say it. I, I feel like that we in the church have an addiction to our personal callings. Mm. And when Jesus was calling the disciples around him, he didn't say, uh, if you follow me, I'm going to make you, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make you famous. I'm going to make you a great artist. He just said, follow me. Yeah. And that's the call of God. Follow me. And for artists, we have a tendency to think that one of the fivefold ministry gifts is art and it's not. Yeah. Art is a gift that serves evangelism. Art is a gift that serves teaching art. Get art serves prophecy in the apostolic art serves our ministry calling. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And and we get messed up and we think that ministry is supposed to serve our art. And that's where our hearts get tied in a knot, you know? Yeah. And I love this when you said on salvation, I feel like I spent half of my life willfully rejecting the grace of God. Fortunately, God has even a stronger will than I do. He just refused to give up on me. Yeah. yeah. How cool is yeah. that? Yeah. Huh. You know, yeah. And, and, and what you're saying about art, like, and it's 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 crazy because now we have this thing called Christian music industry, and it's like it's kind of become its own animal. 
you know, in a lot of ways. But there, but I see, I see, you see people like you, and then we see like Jeremy Riddle's been great about just hammering. Let's just be pure. Let's find sure. purity and and worship, and we're not worship for worship's sake. But so it's a, uh, but it has been. I think it's become a little bit of a stumbling block in a, in a lot of ways. To just yeah. the the worship, the pursuit of of worship ministry. It, it really does. Yeah. It's which I is had, uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was dating. I was dating this girl in in high school. And I thought that she loved me. And I started realizing that she would, when other guys flirted with her, she would respond to them. You know, uh, she didn't just have eyes for me. If somebody else bought her flowers or something like that, she would give them the same kind of attention that she was giving me. And, and at some point I realized she doesn't love me. She just loves love. Yeah. Hmm. And and I think sometimes, I think often the church, we can be like that. Do we love Jesus, or do we just love worship? You know, yeah. because love and worship and love and Jesus is not the same thing. Yep. So uh, Jeremy Riddle's right. Uh, keep the first things of first things, and the Lord will bless that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's not my job to self elevate. Yeah, yeah, and to not have a rock concert to be closer to the Word of God. Yeah, and it and right. it really is. It's it's like it's weird because like in my own experience of 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 it, it getting in worship ministry like like you said there's that you have that rock rock star mentality like this is what i'm going to do and this is god's going to do this and i'm going to be in this area but like when i went to christ for the nations and people were saying this to me along the way like oh you're going to do this you're going to do this but when i got to work uh, cf and i i just like i felt like god said i don't want you to do anything <laughs> I just want you to. I just want you to stay here and soak this stuff in. Like, don't even try out for praise band. I, oh, okay. I'll just sit here and. But it was the it was the best thing that I could have done because it really, it really changed my focus on what what worship ministry is. And I yeah. wasn't there to be a rock star. I was there to 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 learn and just be humbled. You know. My and, I had the exact same experience, man. Yeah. And 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 that's I was I was being told that from the people around me when I, because I went to CFNI too. I was a full time worship pastor at the time. And, and I felt like God was calling me to go to CFNI and everyone's telling me I'm going to be on the team. I'm going to be the worship leader, all this stuff. And when I got there, God was like, don't do any of that stuff. Yeah. I, I want you to learn from these people. I want you to glean. I want you to soak. I want you to come to know me. And it was much more about developing me than it was about elevating me. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. It's amazing. And then it puts you, I mean, you're now you're, at this point, are we back in uh, North Texas? This yeah, point. that's where I am. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in this time in your life, too, I mean, you talked about it quite openly. I mean, we have, I really respect the position of your testimony protecting for your children's benefit. I saw that yeah. in print there, and I really respect that. Um, but we, you know, you, you are open about, you know, the chief of sinners, you know, and living crazy life. I mean, <laughs> look, it's, it, hey, you and me both. I mean, we, you and I are bumping down that alleyway together. I mean, Mike included. I, th I think if you don't know that you're the chief of sinners, you probably don't realize how sinful you really are. <laughs> yeah. you know? Right, right, yeah. right. Mike, That's right. And I'm not, I'm not wearing it as a badge either. It's just the yeah, truth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I know we all go through it. Can you tell our audience though? I mean, let me, let me back up just for a second. We, I, I really admire your heart. You, you go through your early work before you got through worship, you're a servant servant. I mean, working with children who don't have a fight for themselves in some areas, autism, that's a yeah. big deal. Um, you know, talking about working with inner city kids, um, ESL, I mean, constantly serving those who need help. And for, can you kind of bring that in and then how that has helped you in worship? Because I think that like, there's, there's a basis, like, you know, I was in sales and business development, developing a sales toolkit for, you know, business, you know, but this is, I feel like it's lining you up for a servant heart and worship, maybe more than, than people realize. And it's sitting right here in the early part of your career. Do you feel like that helped foster that, that ability? <laughs> yeah, it's not very nice. But, uh, you know, I was an autism therapist for, for a while. I worked with inner, inner city kids, emotionally disabled kids. That's what they called them at the time sure. as well. And uh, uh, that's pretty good preparation for congregational ministry. That's a good preparation <laughs> for yeah. working worship teams yeah. it's good preparation for working with people yeah. i think what i didn't have so when i was in high school i took one of those aptitude tests and and you know your guidance counselor is supposed to tell you what kind of career to pursue when you become an adult and my guidance counselor took me aside and said zach you sh you you're one of the most antisocial kids I've ever seen. You should have nothing to do with people. You should be a hermit. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you're like, what is happening? <laughs> uh, no, I was like, yeah, you're right. I hate people. So, 
so when I got saved, part of the transformation of my heart was the Lord teaching me to love what he loved and who he loves, mm. right? Yeah. He loves his bride. He loves his children. And so those jobs you're talking about right now, I didn't want to do any of those things. I did not have a servant heart. In fact, those were things that, that God kept walking me into even before I was saved in order to soften my heart towards humanity because he was he knew that he eventually was going to have me in a place where I was pastoring people and where I was pastoring congregations and even pastoring pastors you know yeah, and in order to do that you have to love those people more than you love you know, like I said your own agenda your own platform your own fame and so all that was breaking down and building up from for my life you know yeah it felt that way when I read it you know I I, I don't have, you know, I don't have, can't look into the the mystery ball and and see yeah. this, but it just it made a lot of sense. I wanted to, I wanted to ask that because I I got a good read on people and we we saw that there. I'm like, man, we got we got to bring that up. Yeah. Um. So then you get back to a gateway. That's that was a that was a great thing, right? I mean, we I know we went through with Christ for the Nations. If I'm jumping ahead, you know, let yeah. Me know. Well, yeah. I mean, so. You, you were in Pennsylvania, you were, you were helping out in churches, and then how, I, I don't know if I've heard the story, like, how how did you go after graduation of CF&I to be in the director of the School of Worship? And if I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you write the curriculum for the School yeah. of Worship? I, <laughs> yeah, I thought it sounded really familiar thought. in How to Worship a King, which we'll, we'll talk about too, but um, yeah, how did, what, what was that, what was that transition from graduating CF&I to... Well, before I, I, I was only in one semester when Walker Beach, who was the director of the School of Worship and Technical Arts, came up to me and asked me if I would like a job as a co-director with him at the School of Worship. And, and it, it was just God leading him, really. Wow. Um, I had already been a teacher, as you saw from my past. Yeah. You know, I'd already been teaching my church and my teams where I came from. So when I came to Christ of the Nations, I wasn't looking for anything like that. Um, but it was just a setup. Before I even graduated, I was in charge. Yeah. Incredible. So Incredible. I would I would go into one of the uh, practice rooms. I didn't have a desk or an office, and I would write curriculum on the on the piano bench. Wow! So I wrote while I was finishing my second semester. I was writing the first semester's courses on worship theology Man. and on uh, past uh, worship pastoral care and stuff like that. That's awesome. <laughs> I still have all my my the notebooks from from that from that class, and I refer to them every now and then because there's there's just such good content. But you know, now I got the book too, so I you know. There's a lesson in that. Just yeah. just do it. Don't don't worry about what you know. Having all the tools, just if you can find a piano bench, you can write curriculum. Like it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's it's like Hogwarts was you know it came from a, a napkin in a in a coffee shop. How did Zach Neese get the curriculum? You know, peanut bed. Yeah. So that stuff became the foundation for the book, and then and, and the, so many schools of ministry have opened up using that stuff as the foundation. I didn't even realize that I was going to end up being like a worship theology grandfather. At, at 35 years old, you know, at the That's time. Awesome. Yeah. Mike says, well, Mike always says, a little bit of wizard in there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it's cool, though, because, like, you know, I mean, all the students that go through school of worship, they they carry that with them, and then they go back to their worship team, or, you know, they go out into ministry, and then suddenly they're over our worship team and over a, a congregation and, and serving in worship. It's like, what do we what do we use? Like, I got all this great content, and it's, and it's I mean, you, the content from – School of Worship, it, it covers so much about the life of of, of ministry in, inside of a church. I mean, it's not just how to write a song. It's like, I mean, which which kind of brings us to the to the book. I don't know if you want to talk about that now, but like, um, that was that was the inspiration behind the book, right? Was was the the content created during your time at CFNI? Yeah. Well, uh, let me get there, but let me start here, circle back just a little bit. You remember me telling you about walking around the cow fields and praying for the nations and praying for worship to cover the earth like the waters cover the seas. Mm. So I found myself at Christ for the Nations teaching. I taught students from 50 different countries, you yeah, know, wow. and I just looked up on the platform one time and, and, and God reminded me, remember that prayer you were praying in the cow fields? Oh, man. This is the answer to that prayer. So those people took that curriculum and they went back to the nations of the earth. Wow, right? man. Which was an answer to the the little prayers of my heart in, in the little church, in the little town, in the in the cow field. That's you know? awesome. And through the mix so, of it all. Yeah. So I wrote that book because uh, I can't I, either. So these people came to the school and uh, 
and and it reached their nations, right? But I thought that really I was convicted. One year I was asking God, what do you want me to do this year? It was the beginning of the year I was fasting. And, and he said, what are you going to do what I told you to do? <laughs> so I'd known for a long time he wanted me to write the book so that more people could have access to it, so that uh, churches could use it, pastors could use it, worship pastors could use it. So that's what that was about. It was just about it's about serving the church. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Well, Mike put it in my hands. He said, you know, there's, you know, it's cool. The coolest moment I think about when I learn about how to worship a King, I don't even remember your name on it. Like that's, I think that's the coolest part of it. I mean, that's not to pull away from, you know, this is your heart. God gave you these, these gift scenes to, to, to help others. But like, I remember reading it and it was like, there was no attachment to any human thing for me. Like, Uh That, I mean, awesome. I, I mean that, and I still have to, I need to go back because it's been a while yeah. um, and touch on it. But man, that, what, what a great thing you shared with a lot of people. I'm not a worship leader. I, I wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be a singer songwriter, but man, that, it's powerful. Yeah. Um, Wait, hold on. I'm going to challenge you. Oh boy. Oh no. I disagree with you. No. Yeah. Worship, worship. If you boil down worship, it's the, it's the greatest commandment to love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart, your mind, and your soul and your strength. And really, if everywhere you go and if everything you do, you're helping other people to learn to love the Lord, their God with their everything. That's what a worship leader is. That's what Mm. it that's what a worship leader does. Some people do it with a piano. Mm -hmm. Some people do it with a guitar. Other people are bakers and mechanics and doctors and they work for Praiser and they do podcasts. If if you're directing people to love and to honor Jesus Christ, you, my friend, are a worship leader. Well, amen to that, brother. Amen. Amen. And that's and that's the heartbeat of the of the book is uh you know we, we carry the kingdom with us and and yeah. anywhere we go and people got it we we sh- we need to give a plug to the book because people really especially uh, these days that we're in we need the presence of God everywhere we go and, yeah and um it's a great it's a great it's a great read I, I'm right now I'm going through the audio version on Audible yeah you can hear Zach's awesome voice <laughs> reading <laughs> <laughs> does it ever change is there like in a woodland fight. <laughs> Actually, it does, depending on the time of day. At the beginning of the day, I'm kind of a low baritone. By the time you get to the afternoon, I'm kind of mid-tenor somewhere. You know? <laughs> well, let's do that. Let's make sure that, I mean, so How to Worship a King, you know, for our, for our audience out there. Yeah. Um, I go on Amazon. I use Amazon Prime. Yeah. I download it. It goes right to my Kindle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it means I can read it while my feet are in the beach, in the sand here in Vero Beach, or by the pool, or whatever we're doing. Um, so please go get it. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's a great read or a great listen either way. I, I read it and now I'm listening to it. I did, I did want to ask one thing. Um, so I, as I'm, I'm going through it again now, and I, I think I missed it the first time, but you were speaking about your, your call into worship ministry, like how that even happened was kind of a, I, I, I heard it and I'm like, I, I did not remember that. You want to, you want to talk about that? Wow. So I, I, I was wondering what story you were talking about. Yeah. Um, so some of my, when the Brownsville revival Pensacola, Brownsville, when that revival was kicking off, um, I was newly saved, you know, I had a bunch of young friends with me. We were all excited about Jesus. There's a revival going on in Florida. So, so we all got in a vehicle that drove to Florida. We didn't realize the lines were going to be like a mile to get in. So it was impossible to get into this revival. My friend and I, um, I don't remember how we did it. We snuck into a, a pastor's entrance or something like that. We got into this revival and, um, and we were worshiping. Lyndall Cooley was leading worship and the place was electric. You know, people were coming from, from all over the world to come and experience what God was doing in that house. And at some point during the service, you know, I wasn't leading, I wasn't a worship leader. I wasn't a, a, a minister of any kind. I was just a Yahoo, you know, (laughs) at the time I had three jobs teaching. I was just, I was just making ends meet and surviving. And I was a new Christian. So Lyndall Cooley's from the front calls down all the worship leaders. If you're a worship leader, come down here. I I want, I want to pray for you. If you're a worship leader, my feet just start moving. So, so my feet just start going down the aisle. And one of my friends goes, Hey, what are you doing? And I said, I don't know. And my feet are just, he goes, you're not a worship pastor. I know. My feet are going down the aisle. <laughs> and I get down to the front and, and Lendl, I mean, if, if you know him, he's a, he's a Holy spirit guy. You know, I don't, I don't know your back, your listeners backgrounds are from all over the place. So he's sure. going around, he's praying for people and he's, uh, and he's, uh, Mostly, like I said, he's he's a, a 
he's a Holy Spirit guy. He's, he's praying in tongues. But when he when he got to me, and he laid his hands on me. I didn't know what I was going to what I was expecting to happen, but he spoke just a sentence over me that stuck with me forever. He said, "You will lead, but you must lead in purity." Mm-hmm. Wow! Wow! And and so I automatically start you know, spending my imagination. Oh, how am I going to lead? How am I going to do? What am I going to do? Who am I going to become? And the focus has not been of my life. You will lead. The focus has, has been the purity, the holiness. Yeah. yeah. That's what God is, is always pulling me back to always. If he loves you, he's going to discipline you. He's going to pull you back to that place. Cause a lot of people lead in their own strength, in their own heart. You know, we, we soak in silt all the time, even in, in our media culture. God's, everyone's like that. But this is God's call, yeah. You know, because you're a, you're a vessel that He's pouring Himself in and pouring Himself through. Um, we have to be careful what we soak in, yep. Because the flavor of it comes out of us to everybody around us, and that means my wife, my kids, the people I'm, I'm loving on, pastoring, right? And I don't want the God doesn't want, and I don't want that flavor of impurity. Uh, yeah. Harmonious people, right? Exactly. There, uh, um, and that kind of reminds me of, and you probably wrote this, but I, I quote it all the time because it comes up as the, I, I picked it up at Christ for the Nations was the, um, the idea of wellspring or toilet bowl. It's like your heart is a sponge, <laughs> and whatever you soak up in it, when it gets pressed, that's what's coming out, baby. <laughs> if you want, that, you want wellspring that, water, or do you want toilet water? And yep, I yeah. wrote that. That's that's like, that's. <laughs> <laughs> that's patent Zach. <laughs> that is epic. But it's it's genius and it's so true. It's like, man, what we spend our time in, what we soak in, that's what's gonna come out of this. Two things, you know, I, I, I love you know being in this space because I get to witness to so much. You know, I get to hear and learn from you guys. Like you're like my big brothers in this whole journey, you know? Oh yeah. And uh there's two things that come out of this. Mike taught me this one. We were in Nashville doing a recording for his album, and I begged him, and I didn't even know who Keith Green was. Uh, well, I didn't know at this time, but I had begged him to cover Oh Lord, You're Beautiful. Mm. And there's two things that what you said uh, have come out of this podcast that I really want our audience to hear. When you were praying in that cow field, and you didn't know what was going to happen later after all these patents, acts, and publications, and fun stuff, God's timing is impeccable. And that's a big deal. And we have to trust yeah. in that faith. And so you're teaching our audience that. But then I also think about you, what you said about purity, Zach, that our audience needs to hear. That if we're going to worship a king as great as Jesus Christ is, that we have to make sure it is pure. Yeah. And it goes back to like what Keith Green said. You know, I want to repent from anything and any of my songs I ever performed that didn't give honor to Jesus Christ. Yeah. 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 That, di- that didn't draw the listener in to be more sold out for Jesus. That is exactly what I'm hearing out of you, Zach. Yeah. I'm hearing a Keith Green quote and, um, that's humbling. And that should be a a testament to every artist that we interview to hear episode five and to hear what Zach said. Yeah. Mm. Different person, different decade. To me, it's the same principle. Yeah. There's no different. That's why Mm. we're doing this podcast. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm. And I, I feel like we, I don't know where we're at on time. I, I heard we're the, good. I we're good. Cue, but I feel like we there's so much that we can park on and just talk. We could probably keep Zach here for like well, and the I, rest I, of the I day. Mean, but we we, we oh, go ahead. Well, I was just say there's there's a lot of good questions you have on this list, but there is some fun stuff that yeah. I got to get into. Okay, you're an outdoors guy. Yeah, yeah, I can tell. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I I'm a Florida native. You know, rolling in mud. You know, squeezing oh, frogs yeah. and and kissing fish at twelve. You oh know? yeah. So what's the favorite? What what is the what? If Zach was like Bailey, I want you to take me on a fishing trip. You, Mike, and I, and I get to pick the fish we're gonna go for. What would that be? Oh, that that would be that would be salmon, silvers, or kings. So okay. I, I got a, I, I got to go on a trip uh, with a buddy of mine. Uh, flew out of Anchorage, flew into a fish camp that was run by the tribes. Oh my so white, gosh. Pe- white people didn't get to go, and they invited us. <laughs> wow. So we landed, landed on the beach, man. There's a grizzly bear right there on the, uh, uh, looking at me when I land on the beach. Gosh. I fished with grizzly bears for man. days. And, and, man, those salmon fight. 
they're so much fun. They, they do not want to come in. They, they need to get upstream cause they got business to attend to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I told Mike, so. we got two, we got two trips. I got to get an elk. I don't even hunt, but I got to get an elk and, mm-hmm. and fishing. I've been doing it since I was in diapers. There's pictures, there's proof. Uh, Salmon, a salmon run to yeah. do it in Alaska, though, of all places. Yeah, so you just yeah. you just got back from Alaska here recently. I did. Yeah, because we we yeah. were scheduling like, hey, let's schedule this and the podcast interview. And well, I'm in Alaska. We'll see what I can do. Like, what? So I don't, I don't know if we really talked about what what we what were you guys up to and and so uh, I there's a church there who's connected with our uh, church network, Gateway Church Network, and the pastor had never had a sabbatical. He's been working for 19 years. And my wife and I, this is my wife's idea. A lot of times she hears the Holy Spirit, it takes me a longer time to do it, you know? Cool. So she'd always wanted to go on a missions trip with our whole family. And being the spiritual man that I am, I'd, I'd, I'd say something like, well, you know, there's no such thing as a church that can afford to have eight of us for months, you know, fly us up, house us, all that stuff. So of course I was wrong. So this (laughs) church (laughs) invited invited us up for three months and the pastor took a break and I worked with the worship teams and led worship every other week, trained their teams. And then I did a seven week sermon on worship and at the same time, the town was shutting down, the mayor closed down all the churches and this pastor said, uh, we owe our allegiance to God and not to man, and we will not shut our doors. Amen. So anybody that, that wanted to go to church, whose church closed, came to our church. Wow. How cool. Man. And so we got to spread that stuff all over, Anchorage, awesome. which was amazing. But in the meantime, because the sun never goes down there in the summer, man, we're hiking, we're, we're going through glaciers, we're on mountains, we're, we're going through forests that look like fairy tales and fishing my son caught a halibut that weighed as much as he did wow it's just a blast yeah i got stuck on your ig page with all those posts i'm like wait a minute mike are we interviewing like a wildlife expert (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) and then i get in here and i'm like oh Alaska yeah. in the summer. <laughs> oh, you got to do it, man. Yeah. It's it's the last frontier. They call it the last frontier. They are not kidding. Man, yeah, no is. kidding. I, some of my we've talked to folks that you know we we're we're about you know I, I've got guns. I you know I'm not afraid about it. And we always kind of joke. It's like you got to walk around with a 357. You know, it's like it's yeah, serious. Okay, so I brought a 45 with me, and I got up there, and and one of one of the guys offered me a handgun. I said, well, I brought a 45 with me, and he goes, Well, I guess that's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, What do you mean? <laughs> so 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 they loaned me uh, a 44 because a, a 45 will bounce off a bear like nobody's business. So so everywhere we went, we had. If we were hiking and climbing, we had bear spray. My my daughters, my sons had bear spray, and and we had a handgun, something big, because uh, there are attacks. You can get eaten. Yeah, but we, we all lived. That's <laughs> amazing, man. So do you definitely fishing in Texas then too, right? You know, not much. It's hot here. I don't like to be hot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. When summertime comes. It's like I'm not. I'm not a fisherman. Yeah, I just love to be outdoors. Yeah, and and so if, if being outdoors means I'm 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 you know I'm catching a trout or I'm catching a salmon or I'm catching a halibut, that's awesome. But if it means I'm I, I just I just love to be. I was, yeah. you know, I just like to go on long hikes and hang out on a mountain. Yeah. I feel like if you if you're gonna lead people in worship, you have got to acquaint your heart with awe. Yeah. And you don't experience awe through video screens, mm. and you don't experience awe in cities generally, and in traffic. You yeah. experience awe on mountains and oceans and deserts, and uh, That's awesome. seeing enormous animals that could eat you and things yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I did see that in the post, and I'm like, man, that's that's what life is worth living. You know, it's it's that sense of awe. Never lose the sense of awe. There's something yeah. weird. I mean, not weird, but like I remember when we were in Oregon for a few years, and um, we went hiking. Our pastor took us deep out into the, the log logger roads, just out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, absolutely no one for hundreds of miles. And you get out there, and we're standing in this in the middle of this forest. There really is. There's something about getting out into God's creation and just taking in what He's doing and what what He's done. You're like, I don't know. It's 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 a uh, it's amazing. And as yeah. we get back to it, I, I want to stop just to say again, this is like I, I learn more from someone's Instagram page than I do reading a bio. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. But hey, thanks to your 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 father and your two grandfathers for serving our great nation. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I yeah. was I was raised on army bases and I have I have a lot of esteem, have a lot of respect for the military. Yeah. I know what they put in. I was born during Vietnam, you know. A lot of my friends' dads served in that. So, um absolutely. I I, I love our men and women who serve. I have a lot of respect for them. Yeah, man, it's you 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 move around, you work just over the poverty line and you're expected to <laughs> to, to to move in a minute, you know, or a second. Um, I wanted to say that. And I also love how you're teaching your kids musical things. For our audience, we like to laugh and have fun. So can you tell us a little story about the two recorders in the nose? <laughs> you, know, you know, what I'm really grateful for is that I've been fasting um, media for the last month. And so there's none of this recent stuff. Oh, man. My, my kids, my kids, I have kids who play all kinds of things, right? That's cool. So I don't know where she got this idea. She probably saw it on somewhere else, but she, she stuck a recorder up each of her nostrils. It's actually a penny whistle. A penny whistle. And okay. She, yeah. And she does this thing where she plays this little hook and then she goes, John Cena. So I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah. She was playing in two different keys simultaneously, which... That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, that's two gun in it. That's awesome. Yeah. Man. Some good music theory lesson in there. It was all about music theory. It wasn't about being silly. It goes that's to right. show how much joy and fun is in that household. You know? Yeah, there there is. There's a lot of fun in our house. We believe in having fun. We are we are not a religious household. We're we're a household that loves Jesus and believes yeah. the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen to that. And I and I and I, I want to say that, that that's a very special thing, you know, to for people to see and witness. Um, not only just in, you know, in in terms of you know day to day life, but to see from people maybe that they're leading to, you know, they're leaning to Zach to say, hey, help me th to know Jesus more. And when they see that kind of fun, it just permeates through your pores. It's like, okay, I get it. You know, I need to hang out yeah. with Zach, and we need to do penny whistles in the nostrils. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mike's got something for you. Well, I just yeah. So it's 2020 has been a uh, a year of all years, just a kind of a, a crazy year around the board. Um, I haven't been to Dallas since, oh man, since I, since we, we left Dallas in 2012, 20, no, 2010, 2010, 2011, something like that. But, um, how, how has the whole COVID thing affected? How, how, how is that, how has worship at gateway been affected by this whole, this whole experience of the pandemic? Well, we, like everyone else, uh, had to shut down for a little while and, I feel like one of the things this did, I feel like the church has not done a good job of really utilizing the technology that God has given us. So I think that one of the things that this, not the only thing, but one of the things that this did is, is it enabled God to kind of take the church in his hands and look her eye to eye and say, when are you going to use the technology yeah. that I gave? Yeah, great, yeah. Point. great point. Yep. Yep. So we had to go online. And uh, it was amazing. We opened up the storehouses and we started serving people from uh, who, who were online watchers. We called every one of our uh, members and served them, just meeting needs, taking care of medical bills, um, you know, uh, yeah. taking care. If they didn't have food, we were taking care of that, taking care of rent, just making sure anybody who couldn't work was taken care of. And then our entire wow. service experience went online. And we thought, you know, we're going to lose a ton of people. But in, in fact, the viewership exploded. So now we have more pastoral presence online than we did. Yeah. So now we have both going on. Um, but in my opinion, part of what COVID is doing is I think it's shaping us for the next phase of the church. Mm -hmm. And I think that what we've done even over the last 2000 years, but especially the last couple of hundred years is we've so elevated um, ministers and we've so elevated meetings that people need those things in order to meet with God. Yeah. And I think what we need to do uh, and I think what the church is being challenged to do is to train its people to meet with God, to be uh, to be ministers themselves, even if they're not able to meet, even yeah. if they're not able to get in front of their ministers. How do we, as the body of Christ, become the ministers of Christ rather than becoming consumers of somebody else's ministry? Right. Yeah, man, that's awesome. And, and it, so, it, it, that's it, yeah, it really has. That that uh, like we've been we've had a couple of interviews where we've said the one thing that this whole COVID thing has done is, is caused us to be more innovative in what, how we do things and, and yeah. even more so for, for ministry, for the church. Cause you know, there's nothing scripture, nothing Bible doesn't say you have to ha be in a building. You have to be, you know, that you are the church, the kingdom is in you, you know? So, um, 
Where, so where do you see? You talked the the next phase. Where do you where do you see? Um, that was actually one of the questions well, I had. Is I want to just jump in there yeah. if you don't mind. That there's that that's what you talked to me this morning. We were prepping for the interview, and it's that that you said. It's like. Every like you go to the grocery store, you said you go to the grocery store, you check out that meeting place between you and God. It yeah. doesn't have to, like you said, it have to be a building. We, we are like you said, we're ministering, right? I mean, yeah. you hear me, you hear me, Zach. Um, in our audience, you know, you're out there too. Like Zach challenged me, I'm challenging you that in every opportunity that you can speak about our Lord and Savior, do it. Right. Just yeah. do it. Yeah. There's a meeting right. place. There's no wrong place or wrong time to do yeah. it. Um, no. And you answered that question on the 2021. So the one thing is we kind of we got to get to the end here, which it's kind of sad. I'm, I, I want to yeah. hang out with Zach now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to I want to land on a beach yeah. in Alaska with Zach, and maybe yeah. oh. we'll, we'll like jump out with parachutes on or something. I, no, I mean, it's... Oh, <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but your this new project that you guys are working on, it, it it's kind of doves tails on the backside of how to worship a king. Can you give our audience, you know, so go get the book, guys. You know, how to worship a king. Um, but about the program, the the curriculum. Yeah, so we put together um, an eight-week curriculum. It's six weeks of small group curriculum, and then there's one specific uh, session for pastors and one for worship pastors. And it's great. The quality is amazing. Uh, it's bite-sized. You can use it for your worship team. You can use it for your small group. Um, I really encourage pastors and worship pastors to get a hold of it, go through it with their staff. And the idea is exactly what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. The next phase of the church is the first phase of the church. Mm -hmm. We've gotten away from the first phase. Yeah. The first phase was that we were all priests before the Lord. We're all ministers. We're all carriers of the presence of God, right? Yeah. We're ambassadors for Christ. And so I just want to give another plug. There's a, you can watch this on uh, YouTube. Uh, sheep among wolves. It's about the Iranian church. The Iranian church is the fastest growing church in the world, and they don't have any pastors, and they don't have any worship pastors, and they don't have any buildings. Wow. They have become individual ambassadors for Christ. So all of their people have become ministers, and that's how the gospel is spreading in Iran. Wow. So I, I, man, I, I firmly believe that just like we were talking about a few minutes ago, we are all living, breathing, walking, talking worship and worship leaders. That means anywhere I go, I can be leading somebody into that relationship of love and lordship with Jesus Christ. And that's what that curriculum's for, yeah. is to equip people to be that. And what a perfect wow. time for that, because, you know, there, I, I don't know what it's like in Texas or, but I know like my, my home state, Kansas, like things are still shut down. Like there's just not a lot of getting around and man, what a great opportunity to use that time. And, and if you, if you don't have a resource to go over with your church, your small group, um, I, I personally would recommend How to Worship a King because there's just a lot of really good material, and um, it's it's going to help you in in your your own walk with the Lord and as as a church and as an individual. Yeah, and Thank so you, you we can yeah. go to gatewaypublishing.com and get that right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. got a there's a DVD curriculum. There's also a workbook that goes along with it. If you'd like, you can you can download it, you can stream it, or you can buy the actual physical copy. Yeah. Well, you got two buyers, brother. Yeah. All right, <laughs> <laughs> we're winning. That's, true. That's, that's food on my table, man. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, we gotta we gotta we gotta do. I mean, we've already won, right? But we also have to do it together. So for our audience, uh, for our audience, excuse me, gatewaypublishing.com forward slash products. There's a whole list there. Um, also, the song "God King." I, I can't remember the release time on that, but I know that's still up, right? Oh, you mean that that old DVD? Yeah, it's still up there, right? <laughs> still up. I, I think people are still buying it. I mean, but what I'm saying is, there's a host of things from Zach that you can go and in. And we at. didn't even we didn't even get into the songwriting and, but man, there's there's a, there's a lot of great music and you work with a lot of great artists at Gateway there, and there's this. We had a question before we have to give him. What's that? The one question I had for you, and that you're probably gonna get some. Uh, some smack from your worship leaders on the back end for this oh. one. So you worked with a lot of worship leaders, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Carrie, Cody. I mean, yeah. listen, and, and when people that, that like our audience are Christian music fans, you know, um, in industry, you know, our, our brother and sisters in, in industry, but who has been, let me make sure I choose the right word here. Who has oh, been, wow. yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Hey, look. Well, I got to go. See you guys. Thanks well, for having me. This is yeah. like, you got to have the bear spray, the rifle, and the handgun. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Who has been the most dynamic um, mu music artist you've worked with? And I just say dynamic, not from like a skill set that, oh, they can just, you know, scream up and down the scales or whatever. 
I'm saying that like they're probably not even the best player, but the heart is so close they don't even know how cl- how close the Lord is to them. Is there some an artist that you that kind of sticks out in your mind? Well, one of the people you mentioned um, that's dear to my heart is Cody Carnes. Okay, and you know Cody and Carrie are married and, and have kids. I worked with Carrie too. Um, she's amazing, uh, but Cody Carnes was. On, on my worship team when he was, uh, you know, we, we used to do freedom ministry worship and, and he was part of my team and he was incredible and pure hearted and gifted back then. He plays on my project. Yeah. You know, That's so for, cool, for man. But that guy is the real deal. Yeah. He's completely genuine. He loves Jesus. He has a pure heart and he's ridiculously gifted. Yeah. And the ridiculously gifted is the least of his character qualities that I would uphold. Wow. The, he's he's a real man after God's own heart. God, That's awesome. Mike has taught me so much about um, being around those people. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it goes back to the the, the sponge, you know, analogy. Yeah. yeah. But it's as funny as it is, it's true that. You know, and Mark Mara is a friend of mine. I gotta give. I want to sh- sh- say something about Mark Mara. Mark Mara is a former wrestler, WWF wrestler, uh, very well known, and he's a motivational speaker. And his 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 reason for doing what he does and motivating kids is not to just to you know pump them up for the day and send them home. He's to bring kids closer to Christ. You know, to get them to know Jesus. Um, you know, and and talks about that. It's like your friends are gonna take you up, or they're gonna take you down. Yeah. And you want to be around those ones like Zach or yeah. Mike who yeah. uh, who bring you closer to the Lord. Um, we want to leave you with something. I, I know we could go all day, but w- we've gone through the plugs. You know, we've we've taught. We hopefully we've encouraged our audience. You've you've encouraged me today. And is there anything that you want to leave our audience with? Anything that you want to challenge them? It could be anything. This is kind of like Zach's corner. Yeah. Right here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Zach's corner. What do I want to challenge you with? Um, I. I you know, the, the thing that pops into my head right now is this is the spirit of competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like in in the music business, in the arts business, we're, we're constantly competing for viewers. We're constantly competing for ears. We're constantly competing for bandwidth and platforms. And I just want to encourage you that, um, first of all, nobody can compete with you uh, when it comes to being you. You're okay. you're an absolute individual created by Christ. And, uh, and the, 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 when you're at your best, you are reflecting an aspect of Jesus that no one else on the face of the earth reflects. So you be the Jesus that, that he has put inside of you because the world needs to see that Jesus. And the other thing is this, I would love for people to be a little more competitive about souls and a little less competitive about downloads and things like that, because our, our time is coming. You know, I don't know if it's tomorrow, but I know that tomorrow it's closer than it was today, closer than it was yesterday. Feels a lot like things are wrapping up. And if things are wrapping up, then we have to be about kingdom business. And uh, and sometimes that means I am on a platform. Sometimes that means I'm making money. Um, but what that really means is that I am I am making Jesus known and helping people to fall in love with him. Yeah. Right. Wow, yeah. it's kind of like exclamation point in quotes. My goosebumps are fading now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean it, man. That was, I mean, that was. I, if if there's anything we could have left with, there's just two points. The one earlier when you brought it out, you kind of saw the principle there of Keith Green's quote, um, and then right there, man. Yeah, it's we're we're. I mean, that's that's the heart of God. The heart of God is is souls, and it's so easy for us to get into the weeds about things that are just kind of auxiliary. But but the heart of God is. I want my I want my kids. You know, I want I want my kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm not satisfied. I don't like Christmas if my kids aren't in my house. Right. Yeah. What makes us think that God is going to be satisfied with heaven without having his kids there? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Pretty. If they didn't understand the first, (laughs) the first inspiration, they better have gotten that one. (laughs) Zach, what a treat. Literally. Yeah, man. Like it was like we we kind of started it earlier. You know, you were on the phone with us, and we were. I was like. He's talking. It's real. This is live, and this is yeah. so refreshing. It was more than I expected, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't have. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say that because there's really no expectations we get in these podcast yeah. interviews. But at the same time, it it was refreshing, my friend. I, I feel like oh, we could have talked for a couple of hours. I mean, there's so much stuff that we didn't even even get to. We well, got pages the, of stuff. But the like, beautiful thing is, you're welcome back yeah. anytime. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah. Well, I'd love to do it. I enjoy talking with you guys. So. Yeah, it was really good. Um, anything else you want to leave us with? 
no, man, just keep serving the Lord and loving on each other. I think you'll do well. Me too. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we thank you. God bless you and all of your work. Yeah, you know, God you. bless your steps and that the, the will of his, his kingdom and, his, and, and what he has for your life continues. Um, you're on an amazing track, my friend. You're writing history. Thank you. You're writing history. You. And, we're, and, I, and I'm learning. I mean, if I could learn in the interview, you know there's a lot I need to go back and read. <laughs> so get that book, How to Worship a King. And, uh, and you have it, Zach Neese, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Thank you so much, Thank Zach, you, for brother. being here. It's been a pleasure. Thank you both, guys. God bless you. Right. God bless God you bless too, you. man. We'll see you real soon. Wow, Mike, that was unbelievable. That was great. You know what I love when I we get people on like Zach? Um, what happens is I have quotes now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I can now pull open a drawer and be like, let me pull the Zach quotes, yeah. you know, the reference. Man, isn't yeah. that great? I, yeah. I feel I feel like cleansed. Like you almost like yeah. you went to church. Yeah, right. Well, we did. We're two yeah. or three are gathered. There I am in the midst. I mean, he, Jesus was here, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so um, – yeah, and like like we've said a hundred times already, and I feel like a broken record, but like there are those people that you come in contact with that just they just they just love the Lord. That's yeah. the biggest the best quality about them is that they love the Lord. And when you when you hang around with those people, man, you're 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 built up and you're edified. And um, Zach's, you know, from the little time I spent in, at CFNI and 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 had him in the class was that's that was my experience. And I thought, man, I would be so great to have have Zach on the show. It was so cool to just to like see, you know, I think too, for us, it's refreshing knowing that like when we get these, you know, individuals in on the podcast um, and, and, and we're quick, you know, make sure you subscribe. You're not yeah. going to know it's there if you're not following I, yeah, us. We, even, we haven't even thought about plugging the thing because it's just been such a good conversation. Like it really but has, yeah, yeah. but to take that full circle, like, you know, for him to give our audience that moment that the very, think about that humbling, like intimate, category of of mental space that you have to be in when you're walking a cow field in the lower yeah. parts of Pennsylvania and you have no idea what's to come and then what happens <laughs> I don't know how many months or years later but it was full circle yeah it's the same thing with you yeah. we were talking on a podcast about your mom you know great right. voice and performer yeah. Juilliard grad and here you are doing worship yeah. songs, and she was singing worship songs. And, and it's you know that's that God, man. Sometimes those things you don't even they don't even occur to you in the moment, like while you're walking through that process. But then you know a few years down the road, you're like, oh wait a minute, God, that's what God was doing that whole time was He was setting that up, setting up that that big reveal of this is what you're you know you're called to do. And yeah, and the sower of seed side too, like when He challenged me about like the worship leader, like you know if you can do this, mm-hmm. you are. And, and it is true, you know, it's, you know, kind of going back to the parables of Matthew and being sower of seeds, like, and then what we talked to earlier this morning when we were getting ready for his interview is like, there's that space, you know, in mm-hmm. time that you always have as an ambassador of Christ. Uh, I don't care if it's pumping gas and talking to the guy around the pump, yeah. uh, I've got to be careful of the mic, but <laughs> or yeah. it's, you know, it's the grocery checkout line. Yeah. I, I, that That's important. Yeah. There's, and I, and I really love how he summed it up at the end where he said, we've got to get more competitive about saving souls. Yeah. Um, you know, like when you're walking in your, your own house, maybe, and you hear that little voice, it's like, hey, pick up the wrapper or pick up what's on there, and you kind of overlook it. Yeah. I think we need to have that voice of God in us living and saying, speak to him now, yeah. speak to her now. Yeah, absolutely. Give, give him my name, yeah. give her my name. Yeah. And it's not even that you have to be, you know, some people are like, oh, don't bear it on me, don't force on me. Yeah. What's wrong with having just a conversation? Right. You never yeah. know until you try anyhow. Right, and if you... And if you I mean, maybe you were their moment. You were their opportunity for for them to hear the gospel, or even to hear an encouragement from the Lord. You know, I, I, there's it's just there's something to that, like having that mindset of of just being ready in in whatever situation you're that you're not so consumed with your day and with your agenda and your plans and your schedule that you see a person and and you have that openness to be able to say. Man, I feel like I, I needed to say something to this guy and this girl, you know, just just yeah. to share something, you know. And when he said that too about, you know, we always have that struggle individually of like, I want this for me because of this yeah. or for whatever reason, and it ends up happening. Like I, I told you that I was driving in that day, and I said, God, whatever is your will and what you have for plan for me, like I totally accept it. Yeah. Like I don't care where it takes me. Yeah. You know, I don't care if it kills me. Yeah. Um, as bold as that is. 
it's something that is you have to be reminded. It's like for our audience, we got to encourage them that they have you have. It's not this is not something that you can like do once and then like no. okay check the box I got all the no. magic tricks. No, no, this is like a constant effort. Yeah, it's like you get up, you brush your teeth. Well, you got to get up and thank God. Like how many times have you woken up? And I, you and I talk about this all the time. You wake up and you're like, thank you for just allowing me to wake up today. Yeah, like hey, that's a great start. Yeah, it's a it's a yeah it is it's a it's a mindset and you got to set set in your mind like. Okay, Lord, I want to walk with you today, and I want to. I just want to. I just want to. I want to. I want to help somebody in in their own walk. You know, if, even if they don't know you, like it. It really is. It's a. It's a change in mindset, and um, I'm definitely not perfect at it. I. I. I, I pray the Lord would help me to. <laughs> yeah. To be less Mike centric, you know, and be more Jesus centric, you know. But, it's it's always it's it's part of the journey, my friend. Yeah. But um, for all yeah. of our our fans and followers out there, you know, it's. We're so thankful for those because we're as successful as those who get involved with us. So subscribe, you know, to yeah. the podcast. Make sure you check us out. Share on social media, the whole nine yards. Um, but for Zach Nee's benefit, uh, everybody, you can go back and check out How to Worship a King. Yeah. You can buy the book. You can get it a physical copy, or you can very much put it in your Kindle or your digital medium there uh, and download it. Uh, GatewayPublishing.com yeah. for Gateway Church and Zach and, and their team and for everything there. They've got the new curriculum, you yeah. know, How to Worship a King. Yep. That's a big deal. That's going to help a lot of people. Yeah, And that goes back to that 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 prayers that you had. Like, here he is. He just spread. Uh, you, you wonder, you know, if you could line everyone up that has reached, uh, has been taught by Zach, <laughs> yeah. how long, how far right. to the line out? Like, right, yeah. Coast to coast. Yeah. Coast to coast. Well, we're going to be back here real soon. We've got a pretty cool week scheduled. We do. It's going to be a busy one. Yeah, so Brad Alden, yeah. tomorrow, we, we're good friends with Brad. He actually yeah. moved to Florida, which is yeah. great. He's yeah. just up the road. Uh, and then we've got Brian Welch. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine yeah, that. that. Love and Death, the new band. Yeah, that just came in. That just happened last night. Yeah. And um, Most people know him from Corn. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we, and and well, as I say, we're, we're posting this Friday the, the Young Oceans interview, but by the time this broadcast that will have been old business so i should have just not said anything (laughs) (laughs) it's okay you know post edit no um no we're really excited again the praiser house this is it we've had what a wonderful 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 episode how many times you say wonderful yeah i don't know i don't even know (laughs) yeah this is great and uh, and, uh yeah please download the but, and we didn't mention that this is also on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Everywhere. There's Stitcher. All over, yeah, they're all over those places. And I always forget about it. Good Pods, Podbean. Yeah. yeah. You name it. Yeah. So get yeah, check them out. and uh, That's come. a test, isn't it? How many pod, <laughs> podcast platforms are there? I don't even know. <laughs> 11 billion, I think, was the last time I counted. <laughs> That's the Praise Our House. We're out of here. Yep. See you guys. See you.